Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. Just last week, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed legislation that allows for college athletes to make money off endorsements and to hire agents while still in school. On today's episode, I talk with Connecticut State Senator Derek Slapp about legislation he was spearheading here in Connecticut to allow for college athletes to be able to make money off their likeness through endorsements. He talks about how he got interested in this topic, how the legislative process will work, and he'll also rebut some of the most common criticisms around this this legislation. What spurned your interest in, in getting something like this passed in Connecticut? Well, I've been following the issue for a while. You know, there was a lawsuit that uh, is pretty old, you know, right now, but uh, that was um, uh, filed by um, the O'Bannons, you know, out in uh, UCLA. And Kate George was involved in that at one point. So, you know, this has been an issue that's um, not really new, but I would say it's been brewing for a while. What really caught my attention was certainly California's legislation that was passed unanimously um, and just signed into law by their governor. So, um, you know, seeing that it, it passed unanimously and there was strong bipartisan support, uh, that led me certainly to think that, you know, we need to take notice and, um, and work on something together with, um, you know, my Republican colleagues. So take us through that process of getting something like this passed here in Connecticut. You, you talk about working, you know, with, with both sides, Democrats and Republicans coming together on this. Where, where do you start this process? And, and what's that like? Do you, have you started speaking with any of the colleges or universities in the state to get their thoughts on this? Uh, I have. I've reached out to some and I've also talked to some of my colleagues, both uh, Democratic and Republican. And, you know, I think people understand that you know, the status quo isn't working, um, even prior to the California legislation, um, you know, that the NCAA is, you know, uh, makes a ton of money, of course, and it's a big business. Um, but the people who generate, uh, that wealth aren't entitled to any of it. And so, um, you know, so it starts really with, you know, reaching out to my colleagues, which I've been doing, um, having good conversations, doing research as well in terms of what other states are doing. Um, Washington State, as an example, uh, a Senate committee there just approved a bill similar to California's, but it has a trigger in it, which means that um, it only goes into effect once uh, a certain number of states with a total population of 50 million people have passed similar legislation because Washington State doesn't want to go it alone, so to speak, right? You know, but with California and Washington State, you're almost at 50 million anyway. And so, um, but I, I think this is one of those things where, you know, more states are going to do it and it's going to force the NCAA's hand. So uh, we have a short session that starts in February. It's only three months. So if I wait until, you know, after the holidays to start this process, it's too late. So that's why we need to get going on it now. What do you say to those who argue that this is an NCAA issue and they should be the ones responsible for figuring it out and that the state governments here should, should stay out of this and let the NCAA regulate it? Well, the NCAA has been asleep at the switch. I mean, they haven't been doing anything. And, um, you know, they were fighting the California proposal tooth and nail. And then only when it was passed and signed into law did they say, really, OK, we're going to look at it and, you know, got serious about reviewing it. So um, it's too late for them to get ahead of it, but they still might be able to uh, to come up with some kind of 
policy that you know that might appease folks. We'll have to wait and see. But I do think that there are fights that are worth having, you know, and um, this is one of them, you know. I mean, and, and you know, one argument that I hear is that well, the athletes are are already getting scholarships, so you know, therefore they don't need any additional uh, compensation, right? And they shouldn't be entitled to it. And um, you know, I, I don't know if that's something that you know we we were going to talk about, but I would say. I, it still doesn't get in the issue of fairness because they're generating millions for the school and graduation rates of NCAA athletes. Um, it's only about 65, 68%. So you still have about a third of the student athletes who actually never do get to graduate, you know? So, um, you know, it's a, it's a big business, right. In many respects. And, um, you know, the money's already there, right? It's not like I'm infusing the NCAA or this whole issue with money. It's there. The question is just who's going to get some of it. Right. And I think the other interesting point in this is that it doesn't seem like the universities are being forced to put up any of this money at the forefront that, you know, it's again through endorsements where it'd be other businesses in the area, you know, who wanted to have an athlete serve as a sponsor or something along those lines, being able to do that if they so like. One thing that I found interesting is both of our senators uh, in the state at the federal level, Chris Murphy and Richard Blumenthal, have both talked about how they might be able to try to make things fair for college athletes at a federal level. Have you had the chance to speak with them at all about what they'd like to accomplish and how that would align with, with what you're working on here? Uh, I haven't spoken with them. I've spoken with other lawmakers, certainly um, at the state level. And I do know that uh, UConn's coaches, at least, um, you know, Coach Oriema and Coach Edsel are supportive as well. So, um, you know, I think it, to some extent, it's always been true that the states are like the laboratories, you know, for, for legislation. But I think it's especially true now. I mean, most people, you know, would say, and I would agree that like the federal government in terms of the prospects of negotiating something with the Trump administration and both um, Senate and uh, the House being all on the same page, you know, the likelihood of that happening just it's like, I think, close to zero. I'm just not confident. As great as our two um, United States senators are, you know, I'm just not confident any significant legislation is going to get passed anytime soon. Yeah. One, I, I'm curious, since you brought this issue to the forefront here in Connecticut, have you gotten any pushback personally from the NCAA about this? Because I know they, they took some shots at California, you know, having to rethink if they host NCAA events in the state. Have you heard anything like that from the NCAA or gotten any sort of response from them on this? I haven't gotten any, um, any word, any response, no, from the NCAA. So um, I think that, you know, they're uh, in somewhat of a bunker mentality now, you know, in terms of they knew as soon as um, Governor Newsom in California signed that bill, you know, that other states were going to follow. And as I said, Washington state and there's others that are considering it. So, um, I'm, I can't imagine that they're surprised that, you know, Connecticut is one of those states that's taken a look at it. And I know we talked early about whether or not this issue could be something that could be solved bipartisanly from what you've spoken with, uh, other legislators. Have, have you found that there's common ground here on this issue? Uh, you know, that this could be something that both sides can, you know, agree on like, like it was unanimous in California. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it'll be unanimous, but I do think that we're going to get some strong bipartisan support. I would expect so. I think that the the free market um, argument, you know, resonates with, um, you know, many legislators, but especially Republicans. And then the issue of fairness and equity um, resonates, especially, I think, with uh, my Democratic colleagues. So it kind of appeals maybe to 
people from different parties, perhaps for different reasons, but it's still the same, the same concept. And so um, I think we'll be able to, to move it forward. So in terms of a timeline for getting this done, I know you talk about the short ses- session coming up. Yeah. Is, it, is this something you look to get through during that session or, or is this more of a long-term uh, effort on your end? No, I think we could pass it next session. Um, I'm on the higher education committee, so we'll have to have, um, you know, some good productive meetings with uh, the leadership of the committee and, you know, pass the bill out of committee. Um, I don't think it would have to go uh, to another committee, per, uh, potentially the uh, Judiciary Committee. But um, so I think we can do it. You know, and if you look at California's law, it doesn't take effect for a couple years, but it's still important to get it done because you put a marker down and you you send a strong message to the NCAA. Um, and that also, um, you know, as soon as you pass a law, it can uh, impact recruiting, right? So, you know, recruits will know, oh, okay, you know, in a couple of years, right, we'll be able to um, to benefit. I mean, as it stands right now, if you look at the women's um, top 25 ranked teams, I think five of them are in California. So if you think about it, like right now, they have a recruiting advantage, right? Because they're able to tell, you know, uh, I mean, UCLA and Stanford and San Diego State and the other schools that are in California, they can tell recruits, hey, come to California and, you know, you can right, participate in the benefits when your you know, name and likeness is used right, for financial gain. And by the way, you can get an agent and you can seek endorsements. So you can do that there. But if UConn's recruiting, can't do it in Connecticut. So I think we're at a disadvantage as it stands. What do you say to those who say that this could get into some sort of murky area where, you know, there, there's really no one regulating things? What's to say, you know, Joe Smith, who's a big booster at UConn, you know, in order to win a recruit, you know, promises an endorsement in advance. How do you how do you react to that argument? I mean, obviously, again, what you mentioned earlier about the free market just letting things play out. And, and if they're willing to make that investment, they're willing to make that investment. But what do you say to those who say this kind of murkies the waters a bit between, you know, amateur athletics, uh, you know, what the NCAA claims that college uh, should be compared to, you know, making this more of a semi-pro or professional type league? Yeah. Um, well, I would say one, the waters are already pretty murky as it stands, that nobody really thinks that the system is um, works, you know, just uh, as well as it could right now. Um, you know, I would also add, though, um, that, you know, people thought that professionals would uh, destroy the Olympics, right? That you, know, you have to keep the amateurism, you know, pure. And it didn't do that. Um, but I guess finally, I would say that they're right to be skeptical. Like the devil's always in the details, you know? So absolutely. Like these are things we have to look at. Like, are there loopholes, you know, are there, are there things and how we craft the legislation that we can still, you know, maintain the t- integrity of the system. So I, I welcome everybody's skepticism um, because we should be skeptical when we're, when we're crafting legislation. I'll get you out of here on this one, and it's not as related to, to this bill, but something that also could involve college athletics, uh, you know, in the state uh, from, a, from a legislation standpoint. And I've had a couple other uh, of your colleagues on to talk about this in the past. But as states continue to uh, go down the path of legalizing sports gambling, do you have any update of where things stand in the state of Connecticut on, on that issue? It has been very, very quiet. My understanding is that there's been negotiations uh, that have been going on with the tribes and, you know, in, in sports gaming. And there's some arguments that, um, 
that sports gaming, if, if it wasn't going to be solely under their province, that that would somehow violate the compact. So that's a wrinkle that we have that some other states like New Jersey don't. And then um, we have to tackle the online part of it, because I think some of my colleagues are comfortable with sports gaming if it's at like a bricks and mortar you know, not a store, but like uh, maybe the um, horse racing, uh, you know, the, those those venues, right? The OTB kind of thing. But they're not so comfortable if it's just online. And of course, that's kind of where the business model is right now. So we have we have some things we need to tackle. Um, I do think it's inevitable, you know, and um, we just need to get in a room and hammer it out because uh, it, I do think it's it's going to happen. Great. Senator Slot, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come on and, and talk about these issues uh, that you're working on here. We really appreciate the time. Absolutely. And thank you for, you know, the role that you play in our democracy and, and um, you know, tossing ideas around and kicking the tires. And it's so important. So I really appreciate your engagement. Absolutely. Thanks again. Uh, and we appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.